great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. To the 8 o'clock hour, I'm Scott Prather. This is ESPN Lafayette. And in studio with me on a Wednesday this week is Mr. Jay Walker. My entire week is screwed up now. I'm just telling you. Nah, you're having a good week. You get to MC the Louisiana Rage Cajun Hall of Fame inductions this Friday. I do. I do. I'm very, uh, I'm very excited about that. Man, I just talked to Phil Devey. I could talk to that guy all day. Well, and you know what? Phil could talk to anybody all day. <laughs> you know, great. Phil, Phil, and, and it's one of the, one of many things you love about the guy. He's never met a stranger. He'll, he'll talk to anybody about anything. And um, it's just one of the things you just love about the dude, man. <laughs> There's so many. I told him it's like. His his relationship with Robe goes through like man this great coaching duo like you know some of the all time you know Popovich Duncan and then like Dennis Domenis and Mister Wilson because <laughs> and he's like it's probably more that one <laughs> some of those stories yeah I love the one he said like his freshman year they they were at the they were at an ice skaters game and they're all getting introduced and he didn't tell Robe that he brought his hockey his gear. hockey gear and he like was the last one and he said he skated as fast as he could around the rink twice and then was going like full speed right at robe and then just like stopped slid right in front of him and all this ice just flew on his face and he said he was looking at me just in shock like he said he could just tell he wanted to say something but he held it together i was like i love those stories man it's one of the things that's going to be great about friday because I know that Ashley and Baco and Phil all have stories to tell, and uh, they're going to tell some of them, I'm sure, during their uh, during their acceptance. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Now it's open to the public, right? It is. Now you know here's here's the catch: inside the stadium club is by invitation only, uh, because there's just not a whole lot of room there. And by the time the um, you know each one of the um, honorees has got like. 25 people all right so there's 100 folks right there and then you add in there's just not room for the general public to be there but doors to russo park the gates are going to open at 5 30 concession stand up on the upper concourse is going to be open and so anybody who wants to come can come you can get concessions at the concession stand and watch the entire ceremony on the video board in left field and um the folks from Channel One Video are making that happen, and that is a way that you know. For instance, all of Robe's former players that want to participate, mm-hmm. uh, and and anybody who was a fan of any of these inductees can come out and actually be a part of it, have a few cold ones while it's going on, and uh, 
and go ahead and join in the celebration. Looking forward to it. Uh, ESPN Lafayette, Scott Prather, Jay Walker. World Series game one. Braves win it. Mm -hmm. Make a little history in the process. Mm -hmm. No team, no road team. The first batter, top of the first ever, opens it up with a homer. Well, there it is. And it felt like there was a lot of action early, and then things just kind of... Yeah, kind of just really settled there and tough break literally for the Braves with Charlie Morton. That's what that was gonna be my next question. What does this swing the series? Well, you know, Charlie Morton, you'd have seen him one more time, okay? Probably in game five. Um it certainly could make a difference. Um you know, the I think this whole series hinges on Astros pitchers that really stepped up against the Red Sox, and last night's starter was one of them. Those guys have to pitch at a high level. You weren't expecting to get what you got out of those guys when they faced the Red Sox. They've got to be that good again. And if they are, Houston's got a really good chance to win the series because offensively, they're very scary. But if they don't, and, and the Braves' bats can go ahead and, and get close to matching what the Astros do, the Braves' pitching staff then takes over. And you've got a little bit of a mismatch tonight, and you're starting pitching. You know, can the Astros get to Max Freed and, you know, get some distance with the Braves? Now, we saw a World Series where the visiting team won every game. So all is not lost if the Astros lose tonight. But they're going to need to get a good starting pitching performance. And that is what I think this series hinges on. Huge game tonight. We'll have it for you on our airwaves. Do you feel like in some ways the Astros are like playing for like two titles? Like, okay, yeah, y'all think we're cheaters. We're out to prove that we were still the best Mm -hmm. team. It's almost Mm -hmm. like they're they're playing for two in some ways. Because if they don't win tonight, and this Astros fans won't agree, but... Most will continue to look at their recent title with skepticism. If you win tonight, it, 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 I mean, excuse me, if you win this series, I think that changes a little bit. Well, I, I, I agree. You know, um, I didn't want to get into a war with Kevin on Twitter, okay? But, but he made the comment because he makes a comment and then I make the comment about bring your trash can or something. And he said, how deep in the playoffs does this team have to go year after year after year before people get off that? And I wanted to say, until you win a World Series without cheating. Mm-hmm. I didn't because I didn't, you know. But that's, I think that's it. But it's, it, I think it's, I think for a lot of folks it's true. Um, now the Astros, they've gotten that uh, franchise to the point where they're going to be good every year. And, you know, free agency is going to be interesting this year. But um, but they're really good. But go win a World Series with, without anybody coming back at you afterwards and saying, oh, by the way, here's how you did it. And um, I think when that happens, then then I think they're solidified. But there is no question how good they are and how good they've been. For about the last five years, um, I you know, and man, then there's the Dusty Baker thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Dusty Baker. I I always have. Of course, he used to be a Dodger, so I really I really like him. Um, 
But this is the man's been in the in the playoffs so many times. This is only the second time he's ever gotten to the World Series, and he's never won one. So I know that there's a lot of sentimental value in Dusty Baker this time around. There is for me. Um, I, I'm really not rooting for either team. Uh, I've got friends that are Astros fans, friends that are Braves fans. Uh, you know, the Braves haven't won it in so long, and at the same time, Dusty's never won it, and I really like Dusty. So I'm kind of torn. So I'm I'm just going to watch the World Series. I'm not a fan of either team. Whoever wins, I will be happy for my friends that are fans. Because of, you and I both team. have fans of both teams. Yeah. I have a friend of mine that he was in my wedding, he like, Writes for the Braves, has this website, has all this gear, all these like all he does. It's his life is just the Braves. He lives uh, in 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 Florida, but he, um, you know, obviously top. I mean, there's there's people Jude Walker in this building, a friend Correct. of ours. There's there's people we know that love, and of course we know people that that love the Astros. I'm kind of just indifferent in terms of fandom, but I like you said, I'd be happy for for Dusty Baker, be happy for my friends of either team, and so. I'm not winning, but someone I care about is going to win, and that's fine with me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you if you move outside of this area, and you just look at a map and you base it off of social media interactions and and fans, other than Texas and Louisiana, every other state in this country is rooting for Atlanta. Another way to put it might be a lot of them are rooting against the Astros, but either way. Well, you know what? I think, though, for... In California, you know, that's a... Right. That's a, we're not rooting that, for Houston. That's, that's true. But, you know, I think in the rest of the country, this all goes back to TBS. You know, when, when, when the only baseball you could watch during the week was the Braves on TBS or the Cubs on WGN, mm-hmm. but there were much many more cable companies that had TBS, and... You know, Atlanta Braves baseball, America's team, is how they introduced it every single night. And so I think, uh, you know, some of that is anti-Houston, I'm sure. But a lot of that is just, they go back to the to the TBS days when you could see the Braves all the time, and that was all you could see. Braves, Astros, game two tonight. You, you said you want this to go seven. Do you think it goes seven? Uh, I think it very well could. I also think if the Astros don't pitch well, that this thing could be over early. I um, I had trouble staying up for the later part of that game. Last I night. did too. I was. I did too. I think it was, I woke uh, up. I think, was, was, I think it was bottom of the seventh. I, and I said, "Okay, I can't do was, this anymore." It was reruns of whatever show that was with Melissa McCarthy, Mike and Molly. Uh, Mike and Molly. Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I guess guess the game's over." I looked at my phone and then I went. From the chair to the bed, um, but it, it was like I said, it was like one of those Expendables movies that like they have these giant openings that are like fifteen minutes long of all this action, and the rest of them are just kind of filled with like build up, but nothing actually really happens. That's what Game One felt like last night. Uh, you talk about the Astros trying to maybe win, play for for essentially like trying to win two uh, by winning one. You look at Atlanta. The Braves do have that one title, but any Braves fans will tell you they should have had way more. Oh, sure. If you look at sports in Atlanta, and I will always laugh at twenty-eight to three, but think of like the Falcons. Everyone's like, "Oh, well, well when will fans get? When will fans stop the twenty-eight to three stuff?" And I always say, "When the Falcons win a Super Bowl." Until right. then, and so 
Atlanta fans have been, I don't know, they've almost just been trained to be disappointed at this point. And I know Braves fans are like, okay, yeah, it's up one game to nothing, but I, we're not we're not celebrating anything right now. Not until this thing is 100% officially done. It's almost like they just wait for the other shoe to drop. And maybe if someone's only a fan of one of the teams, that's not true. But just the history of Atlanta sports, it's all... It's it's so much more disappointment than success. And so I think the Braves, they carry a lot of that on their shoulders in this series. They do. And and I'm, um, you know, but just going back to what you said a few minutes ago, I got a lot of friends who are Braves fans, man. A lot of friends who are Braves fans. And, uh, you know, for them, I, you know, I, I hope it all works out. Um, for Astros fans, I hope it all works out. But, you know, Astros fans, look, Regardless of what happened in 2017, okay, Astros fans will say, look, we won the damn World Series, shut up, okay? And, and, and if I was an Astros fan, I'd probably do the same thing. So I don't, think, I don't think that Astros fans need to have this World Series to legitimize this team in their minds because I think that's already done. I think for a lot of the rest of baseball fans, they do. If the Patriots had only won one or two and then Spygate came out, maybe folks look at it differently than because they ended up winning multiple ones. Now, I'm not one of those folks. I still look at them and think shady things. But the NFL, as we segue here, is very good at sort of deflecting negative headlines when it best serves them. Tell me if you've heard this one before, Jay. Um Roger Goodell lied. Oh, no. Roger Goodell didn't tell the truth. The thing about the the powers that be in the ownership in the NFL is they can tell you it's raining when we all know it's urine. And, like, they won't even try to hide the fact how obvious it is. And because of how powerful it is, you just deal with it. So Goodell said yesterday the league wouldn't release the findings in the investigation into the Washington football team. But, of course, they'd gladly leak stuff about Gruden, who called out Goodell and others. They weren't going to release it because some came forward and asked for anonymity. A lawyer, Lisa Banks, who is representing 40 former employees, said that this statement is flat-out false. Let's say there's 45 and five asked for anonymity. There is such a thing called Jane Doe here. Sure. Um, everyone knows that there is bad things in that investigation and everyone knows the nfl is just using their power to cover up the stuff they want and if they need to leak something because it serves them they'll gladly do that at some point in the future everyone knows they're abusing their power and every one of us is still going to watch football on sundays that is absolutely correct everything you just said is the god's honest truth and you know it is easily the most corrupt professional sport ever Define corrupt in this. Well, regard. I think I think in this particular case is it's exactly what you said. Now the games aren't fixed. Okay, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that, but the owners do whatever the hell they want to do. Period. And they are not held accountable because the commissioner works for the owners, and he's plastic man to start with. He has zero credibility. He has been very arbitrary in the way. He brings down punishments and and stuff. 
if he doesn't like you, he'll find a way to get you. Mm -hmm. Maybe the sport isn't corrupt, but I believe that man is. Absolutely. And a lot of the owners are too. Sure. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of the bar. And that's who he represents. Sure. And no one in the world thinks that Dan Snyder is a good guy. Mm, well, Mrs. Dan Snyder, maybe? No. I bet you if you put her to a lie detector test, she'd be like, nah, uh, yeah, nah, nah, he's, okay. he's, he's, he's trash. Okay. I, remember, I remember like 16 or 17 years ago, I heard John Riggins in an interview say he, he kept pointing out how Dan Snyder is not a good person. And he just would kind of slip it in there. And this is a all-time great for that franchise. And they're like, what, what exactly are you saying? He's like, let me put it abundantly clear. He is a bad person. His soul is evil. And I remember hearing that. And I was just like, I've never forgot it. And this was 17 years ago. And I was just like, oh, my God. Now, of course, that didn't draw headlines. But it's like John Riggins, one of the greatest in the history of that franchise, just said about, I mean, you can't be any more clear about how you think a person is. His soul is evil. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. He said, put it this way. He's just a really, really bad person. His soul is evil. It's like, all right. John, that's that's how you feel, and there's been enough there. And this whole investigation was all really just a sham to begin with because the NFL was never going to release this stuff. They just happened to release stuff about Gruden, who shouldn't have a job, should have been fired. This isn't in defense of Gruden. This is just pointing out the NFL's power structure. And if they have anything else in there from an individual that said bad things in emails that they want to get out at some point, Make no mistake, it could be three, four years from now. The Wall Street Journal will just happen to drop something. They just happen to find through a source. We all know where the source is. It's, it's in New York City at NFL headquarters. Monday night, Saints got the win. Alvin Kamara, NFC Offensive Player of the Week. If you weren't a Saints or Seahawks fan, that was not enjoyable football to watch. Correct. I don't even know that it was, quote, enjoyable. Certainly, if you were a Seahawks fan, it wasn't entertaining because it went down to the wire. If you're a Saints or Seahawks fan, you were maybe entertained because you had some skin in the game. But um, boy, week seven was probably, it's one of the worst weeks of NFL football that I can remember. And I don't care. I'm just glad the Saints got the win. You know, I, I was doing some stuff, so I didn't get to see the entire game. In fact, I, it was another one of those things where I had trouble staying up. So I think about the end of the third quarter, I, I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. Um, and it was the only football that I watched. I mean, I watched a, a little bit of the first half of the 49ers game mm-hmm. because I wanted to see Eli. But that's all That's all I did for football. You know, the, the Saints weren't out on Sunday. So Sunday during the day, I watched no football at all. It was all awful. When the, when the, when the best game of the weekend is Miami-Atlanta, then you know it's a pretty terrible yeah, weekend of football. That's a bad week. Um, no, the, look, the... the Seattle did not want Geno Smith to throw the ball. I mean, they were running and running, and DeMario Davis just continued to tackle them for losses, and it didn't matter. When they finally had to throw the ball at the very end of the game, they just went backwards. Um, it was it, – it, the, the conditions were bad. The Saints receivers are not good. Uh, they desperately need Michael Thomas back. Who knows when he'll come back. Sean Payton looks frustrated by the whole thing. Will Lutz is not coming back this season. Andrus Pete is out. Um, last thing on the Saints, Jay, before we, we, we hit a break, Sean Payton had a, one of his worst days of coaching in the, in the loss of the Giants. 
other than that, is this like the best coaching he's done, all things considered, what they're working with right now? You know, he's obviously a very good football coach or he wouldn't have lasted as long as he has. Mm. But when a coach can make chicken salad out of chicken feathers, I mean, look, you, you just talked about all the injuries. You talk this, you talk that, that, and they're sitting there four and two. They're having to throw the ball to Kevin White in games. I mean, Jameis, he, he threw some good balls and they just dropped him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it. it Traquan um, Smith was just horrible. Oh, terrible. Absolutely terrible. I mean, if he doesn't make, he made a catch. He finally made one catch on the final drive that, that ended up being a crucial catch. But other than that, it was, it was atrocious. Um, and yet, they got the win. See the video of Jameis just jumping his yeah. ass in the sideline. I see, and I saw Sean Payton kind of turn and look, and I was like, "Ooh, Sean likes that. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, uh, he's yeah. digging that uh, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, he's enjoying that." Uh, Saints Bucks this Sunday. Uh, obviously, yes, I heard. Well, you know, Geno, if they play like that, they'll lose the top rate. Yes, we all know that. You're not. You're not. Uh, you don't need a PhD to to claim that on social media. Like, it doesn't matter. It's. For the Saints this year, it's very different. In the last couple of years, the whole Super Bowl or bust thing, and you know Drew Brees ticking clock, it made every it, it put this pressure on every game of well, you're going to have to get the one seed, you're going to have to get injury luck, you're going to have to get this, and if you don't do it, it's just a failure. Style point, none of that matters this year. If you're the Saints, I mean, I didn't think they'd have a winning record, so it's like. I don't care if you win by win one or win by tw- it just all you got to do is just win and if you do that with this team this year and how much lack of depth they have I'll put it that way then I that's that's all that matters. This I I I cover a team that just went out and crossed somebody's face by one point. Mm-hmm. I look I'm I'm all about the W's. Um I understand that there is a process. I understand that you know what what fans would like to see. I care about six and one, and and I care that if Just they if it. they crush somebody's face by one point this weekend, they're probably back in the top twenty five. So I'm um How I'm, much, I'm, I'm all about the dub. That, man. That's a, that's a good question right there. ESPN Lafayette Scott Prather Jay Walker because I was I was going to ask you about style points in college football. That's where I was going. Um, Four hundred twenty four rushing yards. Good lord. You win by one. You're just outside of the top twenty five. Mm-hmm. If you win by twenty, are you in the top twenty five or no? No, probably not. You still, you still got to go ahead and win another one. You win another one. Does it matter how much you win by to nope. get that ranking? Nope. Seven it's, in a row is going to get you in there. Some of these voters, they're not watching the games. Well, they're just most voters at don't. They're they, just looking at scores. They look at they they look at scores, and you know, look. I used to be a voter in the Harris poll, and. I'd watch as much as I could, but at the same time, I was working on those days, so I didn't get to see a heck of a lot. And and it's not like I could take all all day Sunday to to go ahead and and you know go back and and, and watch stuff and look at stats or anything else because you, you got to have your vote in by like nine o'clock the next morning. Mm-hmm. Rage case of football this. Saturday, homecoming, 11 a.m. kickoff, tailgate before, tailgate after. The gates around Cajun Field will open up at 7 a.m. Cupid after the game, baby. Cupid after the game. Um, Several years ago, Cupid was one of the judges in the Paint the Town Red contest. I got to do that yesterday. I had a blast. Uh, Shout out to the 21 businesses that participated. There's uh, there's a lot of pride Mm -hmm. in this city uh, for the university 
and the university. I'm not talking about sports here. I'm just talking about the university in general. Uh, it means so much to this community. Um, and uh, great to see alums and everyone else getting into it. A lot of fun. And uh, I sort of tweeted out videos and pictures all day in a thread, but it was a lot of fun. Getting back to the cages for a moment. You talked about crushing the team by one point. Looking back, so Arkansas State this season, looking at some games, Arkansas State, South Alabama, Nichols. Then you go back to 2020, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, UAB, Appalachian State last year. I mean, that's seven wins by four or less. You look, and, and the, the only one, that, the only close game that they lost was to Coastal last year by three. Most of these really close games, they win. 14 and three in one possession games under Billy Napier. There you go. I brought that stat up to him after, I guess, a game two weeks ago. This was prior to the App State win, and he's like, well, I'm glad you like that, but we got to play a lot better. But I, I, was, I was just trying to point out that in a close game, who are you going to trust there? That last drive last week, 10 minutes and 26 seconds, I mean, that thing was epic. No, it was, it was amazing. You're not thinking with 10 and a half minutes in the fourth quarter – they're going to be in a victory formation at the end of this drive. I, I can I can guarantee you when the when the Cajuns got the the ball back with ten twenty six to go, you know the the um, the offensive staff at Arkansas State was coming up with how they were going to attack on the next possession that they never got. Um, I Ricky Bustle said to me one time because in a, a, a game against Middle Tennessee. In Murfreesboro, when Bustle was the head coach, they had like an a seventeen play, eighty seven yard drive, and scored with less than a minute to go to win like thirteen to ten. And we talked about it later, and he said, he said the average person doesn't understand how hard it is to have a seventeen play drive because on every play you could have a holding call, you could have a false start. You could fumble. You could throw an interception. Just negative plays. There are a lot of negative things that can happen. The Cajuns started deep in their own territory. They got a holding penalty on the first play, and then that was negated by an offside because the holding penalty only moved them back like three yards. And then the rest of it was just precision. And running an offensive line that did a great job, running backs that turned three-yard gains into six-yard gains, through effort, um, it was it was as good a drive as I've ever called. It was an epic drive. All right, before we hit up a break, emails. Uh, Jackson emails. He says, guys, you know the point spread for the game this Saturday? Mm-hmm. Too many. It's 20 and a half. Too many. All right. Uh, and getting back to baseball briefly, Troy emails. We, he's talking about the Braves, of course, is we. We've been doubted all year, so just keep on doubting. And the Astros are favored again tonight. So if they win tonight, don't change much. Atlanta wanted to split in Houston, and they at the very least got that done. Now, this was kind of funny. He says, and Scott, you would fall asleep. You're not used to watching baseball this late in the season being a Mets fan. We forgive you. That was good, Troy. That was <laughs> nice. Good. That was a, well, well done there at the end. Well done there at the end. And, uh, yeah. I enjoyed that World Series 
you know, wasn't that long ago, but we didn't really do much against the Royals. Matt Harvey goes nine. It's great. Oh, and they lose that one. That's when we knew it was all over. Feels like 20 years ago somehow. Scott Brather, Jay Walker, ESPN Lafayette. When we come back, Southern Miss officially in the Sun Belt, Old Dominion as well. Um, and uh, next week, two more. Talk a little conference realignment and coaching. Kevin Tomlin showed you truly how to say you're not interested in a job. And James Franklin did just the opposite yesterday. Don't go anywhere. It's coming your way next right here. Great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette. Hi, outlaw. This is Moon Griffon for the best Toyota dealer in Acadiana, Hampton Toyota, at 6191 Johnston. When it comes to the car buying experience, Mark Hampton and his staff at Hampton Toyota will make sure that each and every one of you are satisfied with your purchase during and after the sale. The car buying experience should be all about the service, the selection, the price, and the atmosphere. It's a cliche, but really, they treat you like family at Hampton Toyota. Everyone from sales to service to behind the scenes are here to help you love your new Toyota. They're also looking out for your safety with their large showroom and service department with everyone is spread out nicely. So when you go to Hampton to buy a car, service a truck, or buy an accessory, you know that Hampton Toyota is looking out for your safety. This is Moon Griffon. I'll see you at Hampton Toyota, 6191 Johnston, or go online right now at HamptonToyota.com. That's Hampton Toyota. You guys have heard me tell you about MyLocalCustomers.com here on ESPN 1420, and with good reason. It's never been more important for your business to be found online, and Townsquare can help you find more local customers online, get you new leads every single day. It's fast, and it's easy. Visit MyLocalCustomers.com and get a free competitive analysis and learn more. Be one of the first to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising right here on ESPN 1420. It's MyLocalCustomers.com. Half price deals are back at SeizeTheDeal.com. This is your opportunity to buy gift certificates for half price. There are only a limited number for sale, so when they're gone, they're gone. This week, get a $15 gift certificate to Nestle Toll House Cafe by Chip in River Ranch for only $7.50. Nestle Toll House Cafe by Chip has delicious cookie cakes, chewy chocolate chip cookies, brownies, cookie cups, and specialty items. Or try their real fruit smoothies made with fresh fruit blended just for you. Come cool off this summer with their fantastic Yobi frozen yogurts with dozens of toppings to choose from. Nestle Toll House Cafe by Chip does custom cookie cakes and party trays, perfect for customer gifts, employee birthdays, and anniversaries. What better way to show how much you care for birthdays, holidays, sports days, and special days? Make any day a Nestle day. There's still time to order for July 4th. Visit Nestle Toll House Cafe by Chip in River Ranch or order online at nestlecafe.com and get your half-off deal at seizethedeal.com. Sip and save at Circle K with our great new drink subscription. Join Sip and Save today and enjoy one drink a day every day for just $5.99 a month. Enjoy your favorite Circle K ice-cold fountain drink, froster, or freshly ground coffee every day. That's 30 drinks a month for only $5.99. So sip and save at Circle K. Sign up in-store or at CircleK.com. Circle K, take it easy. Finding the right Medicare plan may feel impossible, but now it's anything but. With Walgreens Find RX coverage tool, you can compare plans online, over the phone, or in person, making Medicare easier than ever. Easier than picking which true crime doc to watch, figuring out that Wi-Fi password, or putting the duvet cover back on. So if you can do those things, with Find RX coverage, you can definitely Medicare. Find the plan that's right for you by visiting walgreens.com/medicare. 
Can I get a weight reading on the cat in exam three? Zuri needs a new vet tech after their current one literally moved to a farm. But finding an ideal replacement takes some training. This is like hurting cats. Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Schedule virtual interviews and talk to candidates right from your employer dashboard. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Have you downloaded the ESPN 1420 app yet? No. (laughs) Why not? Just tap that app and hear ESPN 1420 programming worldwide. Download the ESPN 1420 app in the iTunes app store or Google Play. Welcome back into the great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, Scott Brather, Jay Walker. And uh, let me quickly correct myself. I think I said Kevin Tomlin. I meant Mike Tomlin. Pittsburgh Steelers head coach asked about USC interests. And he said, you should never say never, but I'm going to say it never. And he went on to basically be like, I'm the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, guys. Like, stop. Like, enough. Let it go. James Franklin, head coach at Penn State, was asked about it. And he said, and I quote, my only focus right now, you know, I'm sorry, let me start over. And I quote, you know, I've been asked that a lot. My only focus right now is on Illinois. And they lost to him. Right. They just played him. But he's not even focused on the next team. His mind was everywhere. He said, you know, we're preparing to go play at the big house. No, you're not. You're about to go play Ohio State. He, He wrote the book on how to make sure I am interested and Mike Tomlin wrote the book on how you can come out and say, I am not interested. The problem is Penn State's going to lose four of their last five. That was a bad loss the other day. Well, you know, they're, they're obviously, they're not, with Sean Clifford down, they, they're just a different team. And they're only okay. And they still got to play Ohio State and Michigan, you know, Michigan State. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. All right. Coppage realignment. Mm-hmm. Has there ever been a better fit in terms of teams that have come into the Sun Belt? Aside from when, like, the Sun Belt started in football and right. all those teams came at once. I right. mean, when they've added schools. Has there mm-hmm. ever been a better fit than Southern Miss? No. You know, Southern Miss, and, and look, people are like, oh, they're terrible. And Well, yeah, they're terrible in football right now. Currently. Okay? Currently. But they've got a tremendous history. And let's remember that... They made a hire that got them right back to the conference championship game. And when that guy left, then they hired Jay Hobson, who just ran the program into the ground. So, you know, you hire the right coach. You can win at Southern Miss, and you're going to win at Southern Miss. Southern Miss in the 80s and into the 90s was the mid-major program everyone wanted to be. Top 25 team? Yeah. And so they're going to come in geographically it's perfect i mean you understand that with troy and south alabama in the west you've got the longest trip the cajuns are going to have in division play is arkansas state which is already you know their longest trip uh but now you've got a a school that's three hours away they travel for football they have great home attendance they're going to be a wonderful fit old dominion and then eventually, probably next week, Marshall and James Madison. It really solidifies the East because those three schools are in good proximity to um, to App State, and 
and to an extent coastal. I mean, that, yeah, that, that's all drivable stuff. Now, the Virginia schools are going to have to fly to Georgia, but that's pretty compact too. And once again, Old Dominion, not good in football, but they got a hell of a baseball program. And um, James Madison is a, an FCS call-up, but you don't think that, the softball program right now is jumping up and down, waiting for them to come in because they're as good as the Cajuns from a program standpoint. Um, and, and, and Marshall's got a great brand. So they're not good in baseball, but they are good in football, and they're good in basketball. So it's going to be um, – I, I think these are four solid hires. Now, you know, on the other side of the coin, now you have Conference USA with five schools, four of whom – Used to be in the Sunbelt Conference. And it's a no-brainer for them to add New Mexico State as a full-time member because UTEP is right there. Um, but then you need two more to have a viable FCS, FBS conference. You have to have two more full-time members in order to be a viable F, FBS conference. They've reportedly made calls to McNeese. There are rumors about schools that have been discussed. McNeese is one of them. Tarleton State is another. Now, Tarleton State already had plans to be an FBS program. You know, it's kind of like what happened with Georgia State. They, the, the, the Sun Belt had to hire them before they were ready. Mm-hmm. It, that would be mm-hmm. Tarleton State, too. Um, and then they're throwing out names like... Missouri State, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State. And and we don't even know if those schools are interested in moving up. Um, but they got to bring in two of them. You know, because UConn ain't coming for all sports, neither is UMass. You know, if you want to get to 10, you can add them as football-only members. But they're not coming full-time. So you're going to have to have a couple of FBS call-ups because Liberty's already said, no, we're not interested in that. It is uh, going to be the worst group of five conference in football. It's, you know, now, I don't know if the MAC is interested in Middle and Western. I know that Middle and Western are begging to get in there. And if that happens, then Conference USA will have to dissolve. And then where would that leave La Tech? As an independent. You know, they could... They could find somebody to, to, to accept them for non-football, but they'd have to survive as a football independent. And That's tough. No, it is. It's really, really tough, um, unless you're Notre Dame or BYU. Right. Or Liberty, right. you know, because Liberty's going to survive as an independent because they got tons of money. But I, don't, but I don't know that the MAC is interested in Middle and Western. Line lit up. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you off the air. Sorry we didn't have time to <clears throat> take your call. But we're out of time. Jay, thanks for coming in. It's always a blast. Jay Walker will be emceeing Friday night at Russo Park. Louisiana Rage Occasion Hall of Fame Class of 2021. He's got the call this Saturday. 11 a.m. kickoff. Pre-game at 9 a.m. Louisiana, Texas State. It's homecoming. It's going to be a lot of fun. The weather's going to be great. Not today, but on Saturday, it's going to be great. It's going to be beautiful on Saturday. All right. I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Norm will be with me. We'll talk World Series, NFL, and more. Have a great one, everybody. This is ESPN Lafayette.
What up, sports fans? I'm here to remind you that basketball is back, baby. The crossovers, the three-pointers, the dunks, it is here. Basketball is back. I'm fired up. I know you are, too. I love hoops, and I love fantasy sports, and I love winning. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. Let me remind you, they're celebrating the return to the hardwood by giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Look, I do it. Trust me, it's easy. Playing daily fantasy hoops is a piece of cake. You pick your lineup for pro ballers, stay under the salary cap, see how you do. Score big, and you can score big cash. And with a free shot in millions of dollars in total prizes, it's the perfect time to show off your basketball IQ, guys. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. What are you waiting for? Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code 1420. This week, new customers can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you enter promo code 1420 to get that free shot at millions in total prizes. Code 1420 with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.